He is worthy. He is worthy despite what kind of day we've had or week we've had or month we've had or year we've had. He's worthy and he is worthy to be praised. And I'm so glad to see you here today and glad to be in God's house. We are going to wrap up. I'm uh, uh, I, I struggle sometimes doing series. I'm proud of myself today for actually, uh, uh, I love preaching week to week what God gives me, but I knew at the beginning of the year he dropped foundations into, our, into my spirit that we had to speak about the foundation. We had to get on the right foundation because the world's shaking and everything that is being shaken can be shaken and you better be on the right. This world is going to collapse. Everything that's built apart from God is going to collapse. You better be on the right structure and the right foundation. And so God dropped into my spirit foundation and that we needed to really, really be on the, on the, on the basic principles of, of, of God's word and, 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 and go back, go back to the beginning, go back to the, to, to, uh, what the, what the acts of the apostles and, and, and what the early church stood upon. And, uh, we've got to do the same thing. We've got to get rid of all this crazy uh, man-centered gospels and man man-centered ideas, and go back to to the right foundation. And so God dropped that in, and I thought, what better way than the starting uh, with the covenants? And we have looked at six covenants so far. We said these are like pillars that God, long ago, before the foundation of the world, wanted to uh, to had had already implemented this plan of salvation for the world, and He did it over a long period of time, as as we see, and He and He and over that uh, over that time he built in place these pillars and we see these covenants that he was going to implement and then then they were going to stand as as pillars and they're pointing to something that's coming a new covenant and that's where we arrive at today we've been looking at these old covenants that are ready to vanish and pass away and bring forth a new covenant all these are pointing to being fulfilled in Christ and they're really showing us more and more about our salvation more and more about how how he's securing something for us, how secure it is for us, how incredible it is for us. And so it's just over time through the prophets, through, through those that are coming before us and different things that are happening until Christ appears on the scene and fulfills his, uh, ultimately the covenant, the second Adam. And so we're going to look at that today. Before we do, before we dive in, let me pray. And then I want to start with two scriptures to show you something just to kind of start with, and then we'll move into the message today. So again, I'm so glad to be here. I love, I love God's Word, and I love, the, I love the New Covenant, and I love the liberty and freedom that comes in Christ. And so uh, I think you're going to just, uh, I hope you're going to be shouting by the end of this message. And when you see just what Christ has moved us out of a covenant of works, fulfilling it, and fulfilling all these things on our behalf, and now belief in the Son, and you get to take part in the covenant and, and, and receive just what he received, and it's quite incredible. And so, Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for every soul in this house. God, we need to be fellowshipping together. God, I'm concerned about the church. I'm concerned about the church in this nation. I'm concerned about the church in this world. I'm concerned about what the enemy's trying to do to isolate people, God. There are people who have not come back to church yet, and I'm concerned for them. 
There are people isolated, God. I know we're in a scary time. I know we're in a fearful time. But God, it is pertinent that we gather with God's people. It is pertinent that we're busy doing the work of the Lord, God. Lord, there are people that are bound in depression now. There are people that are having suicidal thoughts. There are people, God, that are isolated and alone and afraid because, God, for a year now they've not had any human contact with their family or with friends or with the body. And God, we, we, we pray, God. We pray, God. I, I see people, Lord, yes, there's some older people that need to take precaution, but God, I see people at Walmart. I see people, God, traveling to work and back now. I see people in all sorts of places, but the one place that seems to continually be neglected is the house of God. And you don't want us to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner as some is. All the more as we see the day approaching. Yes, we should use precaution. Yes, we should do everything we possibly can. But dear God, let us continue, God, to, to, to gather together in your name. Let us continue to advance the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world, dear God. Let us go to the lepers. Let us go to the lost. Let us go to the sick. Let us go to the hurting, God, like Victor is traveling here from, from Moldova. Man, America, if anywhere needs to be evangelized, it's America now, God. Oh, Lord, help us, God. Send missionaries, send evangelists, send apostles, send pastors, send preachers, send teachers, God, to equip and perfect the saints until you come. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your covenants. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your promises today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. So, seven covenants that we've looked at, or today will be seven. Six emerge into this one. We've looked at six, and they're going to emerge into this one. And I want you to see something very interesting right here in the Word of God. It's found, you might want to write this down, and you might want to go to it. It's not on the screen. But it's Isaiah 42, and it's verse 6. And I want you to see something very interesting about the wording here. It says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness, talking about Jesus, and will hold your hand and will keep you and will give you as a covenant. Will give you as a covenant. You will be the covenant. Do you see that? Not just I'll give a covenant, but I will give you as a covenant. And then I want you to look at verse 40, uh, Isaiah 49 and verse um, 8. Thus says the Lord, in an acceptable time, I have heard you, and in the day of salvation, I have helped you. I will preserve you and give you as a covenant to the people to restore the earth, to cause them to inherit the desolate heritages that you may say to the prisoners, go forth, and those who are in darkness, show yourselves. And that could go on and on and on, but I just want you to see him being given as the covenant today. He is given as the covenant. And so we're going to look at that. So let's start and let's go to our first slide here this morning. And I want you to see something because there's something very, and, and, and we can do like this. We could, we could really do something. Daniel, come up here. You'll be, you'll be Jesus. I know you're not Jesus, but, but, uh, so, so we, we went through these every week, but we went and we said the first covenant that we looked at was the Adamic covenant and it was a covenant of works. And we know that in that covenant, that, God, that in order for Adam to fulfill that covenant, he had one commandment. 
You can have all the, of, of all the trees in the garden you can eat of, but of that one tree, you, you, you're not to eat of it. And he said, you're to tend this garden, you're to keep this. You're to keep this. You're to guard it and to keep this. I've given you what you need to, 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 to fulfill this. Uh, you, know, you have my presence. You have my power. You have my, you have my, uh, you have my uh, provision. Everything you need is here for you to guard and to protect this. And we know what happens. We know that Adam couldn't remain sinless. We know that he sinned. And so what now? He's saying, I'm making you the covenant. And here, you're going to be the second Adam. And in order to fulfill this covenant, it's going to be into you. You're going to have to remain. Remain sinless all the days of your life. And then we went to the Noah covenant. And we said that God was going to cover the earth. He was going to take... This covenant was just a continuation of the first covenant. When you flip the, 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 the coin, so to say, on the other side, it's not a new covenant from the Adamic. It's just a continuation. And God said, here's what I'm going to do for you. He kicked them out of the garden. He put a flaming sword there, we know, uh, to keep them out of there. And we know that he had cherubim, which are always guarding the mercy of God. and that. So in order to get back into the Adamic relationship that you would want to have to get back into, you're going to have to keep my word entirely. You would have to keep, then I'll offer you my mercy. And so we know that man couldn't do this. And so God said, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to implement a covenant of grace. I'm going to, I'm going to flood the old world and all the wickedness that has increased on the earth. And I'm going to have one man, Noah, and eight souls are going to go into an ark that I'm going to tell them to build. And here's what I'm going to do. Uh, this time it's not going to be you having to work. I'm going to buoy you up by my grace. It's a covenant of grace. And so now, son, in order for you to be the covenant, you've got to be sinless, first of all. And second of all, you've got to be full of grace and full of truth. You will buoy my people up. And what does he do with his blood? He covers the old world in your life and he comes and brings you into a new beginning. All things are passed away and behold, everything is made new by his grace. Amen? He is full of grace. So son, if you're going to fulfill the covenant on behalf of the human race and my people, then you are going to have to remain sinless completely. Adam couldn't do it. The second Adam will have to do it. You are going to have to become salvation to the whole world and you are are going to do it. You're going to offer them grace if you do it. And then he comes to the third covenant that we went over and all these are coming down. We said they're all there. They're pillars that have been established now. They are established. We don't have to go back and, and establish a covenant of works. We don't have to go back and do a covenant of works. It's been established. We don't have to go back and do a covenant of grace. It is established now. We don't have to go back now into this one because he says there's coming a seed in Genesis 3.15 he says, here's what's going to happen. Man, you failed, and here's what I'm going to do. Don't worry, I've implemented a plan, and I'm going to, through the woman, the, the, the seed is coming. There's a promise of a seed, and that seed is going to become a nation, and that nation is going to produce the Messiah, and the Messiah is going to come at the right time in history and save the world, and that's the Abrahamic covenant, and we studied that, and we looked at that, and we don't have to establish that covenant again. The seed is established now. It's been established. This covenant, this old covenant is established. And then we saw the coming of the law. If you're going to keep my covenant, if man's going to get back into my good graces, he has to keep the law perfect.
quickly. I mean, all 613 commandments or so, however many there are, they have to be kept perfectly. But the problem is Adam couldn't even keep one. And so we've got the second Adam coming and says, Father, I'll keep the covenant. I'll become the covenant. And I tell you what, I am the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I am the Word, so I can keep the Word, and I will keep the Word of God perfectly. And so uh, I am the prophet. Uh, there, this Messiah has to be prophet. He has to be priest, and he has to be king. So I've established this covenant, and, and the Word of God is now settled and established in heaven forever on our behalf, on the human race behalf. And listen, it's not that now it vanishes away because if it vanished it away, then we would have to take Christ away. But it didn't vanish away. He fulfilled the law. He fulfilled the law on our behalf. And now it is established forever. And so you can go into the book and you can go there anytime, my friend. And the the promises in that scripture are yes and amen. They'll never change. They're always there. And you can go and say, God, your word says, your word says this. And so I stand upon your promises. So he fulfilled the Mosaic covenant. The next thing, he had to be a priest. And we see that God established the priesthood so that man would have a way. He always wanted us to come back to that Edenic relationship in the garden. And so God says, I will establish the temple and I will establish the priesthood. I'll call forth a people and I will, I, I want to be with them. And so I'll, I'll institute the temple. I'll institute the Levitic priesthood so that I can, I can dwell there. I, but it's going to take a sacrifice. There's going to have to be a sacrifice. And so I will, well, who, who, hey, with the, so we talked about the scapegoat. We talked about how incredible that was, how that when they took the scapegoat off, they couldn't celebrate until this covenant of mercy was fulfilled. And when that man came back, they had slaughtered the lamb in the temple. They had taken the scapegoat out and let it go. Now, all of a sudden, now they come back. And when the people are in the camp and they see that, 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 that God has a, been appeased by the sins of the people for that year, they just would celebrate and they become worshipers because mercy produces worship. And we know that Christ ultimately becomes our high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And so, son, if you go, you're going to have to become the high priest forever, the sacrifice, the lamb without uh, spot or wrinkle. And then last week we looked at the Davidic. That I Now this is, the, this is the covenant that once they're in the land, now they're finally in the land. I'm going to bring you, you back into the land and you'll, and you'll be my people. And so there has to be rule and reign. I want you to rule and reign again like you ruled and reigned in the garden. And so God says, David, through David, we saw the two, we saw the two kings, Saul, who was a man of flesh when they came in the land they chose a man of flesh just like Adam but the second Adam was a life-giving spirit and we see the same with David David is a man after my own heart that's my appointed king and then he says hey but it's really Christ who is the king of kings and lord of lords this lineage is going to go on forever and ever and he will rule and reign forever and forever and forever and he will sit on the throne of his son David Thank you. You can be seated. So that's kind of what we covered and what we looked at in the last few weeks. And that's going to all emerge and be found in one person now. It's going to come down into Christ. And so 1 Corinthians 15, 45, we see here. 
We see that, get, that tells us that the first Adam was a living soul. The second Adam was a life-giving spirit. And we see that in the Adamic covenant. We see in John 1.17 where that the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth was given through Christ. And we saw how that was going to come in the Noahic covenant, but be fulfilled in Christ ultimately. We saw that in Galatians 4.4, we see that in the fullness of time, that's chronos. That means the tick, tick, tick of the clock. At a certain time, the Abrahamic covenant is going to be ultimately fulfilled, that God is going to send forth his son, his seed into the world, and it's going to be born of a woman, born under the law. The Messiah is going to become a man. And then we see the Mosaic covenant in John 1.1, that 613 laws, that Jesus, the word made flesh, is going to come and fulfill the law of God, and we see it perfectly. And then in Hebrews 2.17, we see that God is instituting his merciful high priests with a covenant of mercy, the Aaronic or the Levitical priesthood. And then we see in Revelation 19, 16, the old covenant and the ultimate fulfillment that's going to come in the new covenant when he will rule and reign as king of kings and lord of lords. He has on his thigh a name written, which is king of kings and lord of lords. So it all comes down to one person. And God wanted, here's what God really wanted. Adam loved walking with God, I think, in the cool of the garden. I believe God, I believe he enjoyed that walk. Don't you, I mean, Brother Barry, don't you think he enjoyed those walks he had with God in the cool of the garden? But here's one thing that he didn't do. One thing he didn't do was this. He, 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 didn't, he didn't hold on and love his word like he should have. God gave him that commandment and he didn't take it as the word of God. He, he didn't hold it in a stick it at his heart. And God says, I need a man who my law is written on their heart. They love my word. They want to do my word. And that's what he comes down and he finds in Christ. He finds a man who, who he comes down and becomes a man himself. And he loves the word of God. He loves the word of God. He, he, it's written on his heart. And, 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 and that's what he's saying. I've got to get this into man. I've got to get it not just in heaven knowledge. I've got to write the commands upon their heart. Amen. And so Deuteronomy 6, 6 says this, and these words, which I command you this day shall be on their hearts. Well, we know they weren't. We know the children of Israel, just like Adam began. They didn't love the word. They didn't esteem it. They fell over and over and over again. And God says, I've got to do something to change this. I've got to change this in people. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take all these and put them into one person in the new covenant. And, and we're going to do this. And here's what he comes down to in Psalms 47 and 8. He says, this psalm is written about Christ. And I want you to hear what it says. Then said... I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. And then listen to what he says. I delight to do your will, oh my God. Yea, your law is in my heart. I'm going to find a man that, the, that will lo love this. It won't just be head. They won't just kind of obey it. 
I'm going to find a man that I can, that I can write this. They, it will be written on their heart. And we know Jesus is the Word, and the Word was in his heart. So he comes to the Father, and I can see this conversation going on. And he says, I desire to do your will, O God. And he's baptized, and then when he comes out of the water, he hears those words from the Father. This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. He delights to do my will here ye him hear him and so 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 we see this we see this going on that Christ would do our part of the covenant he would become a man and he would come and do our part for us and he would uh, Adam had his chance and Adam failed so the second Adam is going to come and do what we couldn't possibly do so that he can implement the covenant forever and eternally for us and write the commandments on our heart amen and so, as a man, he's, he's, he's asked by the Father, as a man, he's asked by the Father to live this out par perfectly. To live this out could, uh, it, it just perfectly. And we see Jesus walking this out perfectly when he was up on the earth for 33 years. We see him coming and we see uh, him, him living it out so that the sword of judgment back in, back in the, the Garden of Eden that kept us out of the promises of God could be removed and the mercy could be released so that we could come back in to a right relationship with God back in Eden, back in the right relationship with God. God that we have with God before. But the problem is we feel so far removed from that, don't we? Because we still fail. Because if somebody cuts you off on I-65 and you give them, you give them the fist, all of a sudden we feel bad uh, that, that that's went on and we feel like there's something cut off on our behalf. And so God says, I've got to do something. We begin to feel distant from God. And Jesus says, this is what I'm going to do for you. And it's found in Ezekiel 36, verse 26 and 27 he says so here's what I'll do I will give you a new heart and I will give you a new spirit and I'll put within you and I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and I will cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them here's what he's saying he's saying I will come and put a new heart in you I will put a soft heart in you a heart that can and hear the commandments of God, a heart that can love the commandments of God, a heart that will think the commandments of God are no longer grievous, and I'll put a heart of flesh in you, and I'll put a new spirit in you. In other words, I'll put a new way of thinking inside of you. In other words, the spirit of the living God, the spirit of Jesus Christ will come and cause you to walk in my statutes and keep my ways. He will lead you and guide you into all truths. Amen. Adam, you don't want to go God's way? If you believe in my son, I'll cause you to go God's way. I'll talk, take out the stony heart. I'll cause you to do what you couldn't do in the natural. I'll, I'll, I'll recreate you. And, I, and I'll put my spirit inside of you. And I'll put a new heart. And I'll put a new mind. And it'll be my working. It'll be my doing. It won't be man working out of the covenant. It'll be me doing this inside of you. I'll cause this to happen inside of you. And so Christ comes and says, I'm actually going to come and live inside of them. I'm going to come and live live inside of these people and I'm going to do it and folks that's the way to get God to, to that's that's what God's doing right here is if I'm living inside of you then my word is fulfilled in you 
if you've got the word living inside of you, if Jesus is living inside of you, then it's absolutely incredible. Here, here's what ultimately has happened and what is happening according to Hebrews. Listen, listen to what he says here. It's like a blanket. It's like a blanket. And all these covenants have been established that we've preached each week. All six of these covenants. And God, God says something. Listen, listen to what he says here in Hebrews 8.13. He says, the old covenants are about to vanish. He says, in that he saith, a new covenant he hath made, and the first is old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to be vanished away. In other words, it's going to be folded and it's going to be taken away. And this is what it looks like. He does this like he comes and he fulfills these. He establishes these. And then he just comes and he folds these away. And he says, when these have been fulfilled like they're supposed to be fulfilled and been established, then I'm going to fold them up. And all of a sudden, there's going to be a new covenant that's going to come. And that's going to be established. And that, and, and that word vanish away, it means this. The old way of doing things to get to God is now vanishing away. Thank God we don't have to put a temple on the hill in Jerusalem. Thank God we don't have to take a sacrifice every year and go up there and sacrifice it. Thank God that He established all these things in order for your salvation to finally be folded up and say, now the ultimate King is here. Now the ultimate Lamb of God is here. Now it's all being fulfilled in my Son. This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye Him. And what he does, he says, by folding this, I'm saying it's fulfilled now in my life, Jesus. And it's passing away, and it will soon vanish away. The old ways of getting to God, you don't have to go through all that, Sarah, all that to get to God. Now you come through my son. A new and living way has been opened up through the blood, through the blood of my son. Amen. There's a new way. And so let's talk about real quickly God's part our part and Christ's part into this covenant. Let's look at this. Let's look at what, 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 so let's start with God's part. Isaiah 42 and 1 says this. Listen to this. Behold my servant whom I uphold with my, uh, uphold mine elect in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him and he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. Now this is God speaking. And Isaiah is in the presence of the Lord. He senses the Holy Spirit like it used to come upon Old Testament uh, in times. He senses the Spirit of the Lord. And it's almost like he's hearing this conversation. I know it's talking about Israel and a lot of other things. But it's also prophetically and primarily primarily prophetically about Christ coming. And, and, and so the Father is speaking to the Son. Isaiah's privy almost to the conversation. He's listening. He's writing this down. And he's saying, I'm pleased with you because you decided to leave and go to heaven and to go to the earth and redeem mankind. Verse 2, he tells us, He shall cry, not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the streets. In other words, he's not going to come like the preachers in 2021 and be self-promoting. He's not going to come and be a man full of big noise. He's not going to come with his banners flying high. This Jesus is going to come and he's not going to be promoting himself. He is the 
Lamb of God and He's on behalf of the people. Verse 3 it says, A bruised reed shall He not break, and a smoking flax shall He not quench. He shall bring forth judgment into truth. Here's what He's saying to the Son. If you agree to do this, He said you'll go to the wounded, the marginalized, you'll go to the bruised of, of society. This will be your ministry. This is the ministry that you'll have. And if you're bruised or hurt or broken today, I've got good news. You are a candidate for the new covenant. If you're the I can do man like Saul, hey God, thanks for saving me, but I got it now, then you're not a candidate for the new covenant. In verse 4, he said, that will be your ministry. You'll go to the bruised. And a bruised reed will not be broken. And a smoking flax... I'll not let it go out. And that'll be your ministry. You'll touch blinded eyes. You'll, you'll, you'll undo the works of darkness and undo the works of the enemy. You'll heal. You'll deliver. You'll set the captives free. Verse 4, he says, you'll not, he says, you'll not fail. You'll not fail. I'll do my part. God says, I will do my part. If you become a man, I'll do my part. You'll not, this is my part of the covenant. You won't fail. You will not fail. And it's a word. Listen to what he says. He, verse 4. He shall not fail or be discouraged till I've set all judgment in the earth and the isles shall wait for his law. In other words, you take this journey. It cannot collapse. You will not fail. It's going to continue to the end. If you get discouraged when they're about to throw you off a hill, you'll be okay, I'll be with you. You're going to make it to the end when they want to persecute you, when they want to say all manner of evil against you. I'll be with you. When they want to do these things, you'll go to the end. Verse 6, he says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness, and I will hold your hand. That means kazak. It's the word kazak. And it means, it, it literally means, I'll keep the terms of this. It's the same word with Adam in the garden to guard this covenant. I will guard it. I'll make it sure. I'll bring it to all the way through. And that's what he's saying. I'll protect it. My presence will go with you. My promise will go with you. My provision will go with you. I've called you in righteousness. You're going to be a covenant for the people. And you're going to be a light for the Gentiles. I'm calling you into this new covenant. I'm calling you into righteousness so that you cannot sin. So that you will fulfill these terms of the covenant for mankind. I'm calling you into this. I'm holding you. I'm going to kazak you. I'm going to make sure this gets fulfilled and gets done until the end. And the Father saying to the Son in essence, Yes, I'm going to hold you. I'm going to impart to you everything that I am. And then Christ is saying to us, I, If you believe in me, I'm going to impart everything that I am into you. In other words, everything that the Father gives the Son is now coming to us. So when you get Jesus, you get the completed covenant. Do you hear me? When you get Jesus, you get the completed covenant. Listen to what he says in Isaiah 42 and 7. To open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, to them that sit in darkness out of the prison houses. You know, and, and then he says, so that, that, that's, the, that's God's part. Now let's look at what our part is. What do you think our part is? To believe it. 
to believe it, to put your trust completely in it. We, it's, you know, we, we, and I'm going to show you why we do fast and pray more and why we do these things, but, it, but it's not to fulfill the, the salvation of our souls with that. It's because of an outworking of the love of Christ now in our hearts that's going on. It's now coming because of a love base because Christ is in me and the Word is in me. And when I go into the pages of Genesis, I now see Christ. And when I go into Exodus, I now see Christ. And when I go into Leviticus, I now see Christ. And when I go into Numbers, I now see Christ. And everywhere I go into this Bible, I see Christ. I see Him. And I'm in love with Him. And He's living inside of me. And now I want to read more. Now I want to pray more. Now I want to go into the things of God more because of Christ and the relationship that I have with Him. It's a love relationship. Amen? That's going on. Listen to what the, the, the uh, what goes... We, we, we love His Word because everywhere that we go, we see His beautiful Son. Yeah. Fall in love with Jesus. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What started keeping me, I fell in love with the Savior who redeemed my soul. And I said, I'll follow you. Like, hey, hey, Levi, leave the seat of custom and follow me. Come join me. You know? No, I love my money and I love my stuff more. No, there's something going on in Levi's heart. He sees the Messiah and he follows him. He leaves everything and he begins to follow in this love relationship with him. Here's our part seen in Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand, being led out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break or they spurned or rejected, although I was a husband to them, saith the Lord. But this will be the covenant that I will make with them the house of Israel after those days saith the Lord I will put the word in their inward parts and I will write it on their hearts why because they can't do it I'll do it for them I'll do it in them the word is in there and the spirit is in there because Christ is in there and that's what's taking place when Christ comes in it's like he's written it upon our hearts because what happened after you got saved Christ came in now you try to go out to the bar now you try to go do something you did before and immediately Christ is inside of you and his word is written on your heart because all of a sudden something says don't go there Right? Come on, you take that drink like you used to and all of a sudden there's conviction there. The Spirit of the living God is there. That's day one of your conversion. Something has changed inside of us. Something has come to live inside of us. God's inside and He's writing the Word upon our hearts. And then He says, when this begins to happen, I will become God to you and I'll part impart everything that you need. I will be God to you and you shall be My people and they shall teach no more every man his neighbor saying, uh, and every man his brother saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know Me from the least in them to the greatest, saith the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and we will remember their sin no more. At the covenant, it levels the pray, playing ground because all have sinned and we all come through Christ and now find ourselves, like Caleb mentioned, neither Jew nor Gentile, neither black nor white, neither male nor female. We all come to the same level ground where there's no distinctions. When, when I come to the Word of God, he, the word of, when I come to Christ, the Word of God comes in and His Spirit comes in 
and, 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 and through his son. Through the Son of God. Listen to, uh, and so in the Old Testament, what happened? They had to fulfill the word. They had to fulfill the commandments in order to have fellowship with God. And now it's done no more by steps because Christ has fulfilled all the steps. And that's what Christ has done in his part of the covenant. And our part is to believe and put our trust and to come back into that wonderful relationship with God where he puts his word in us. He puts his spirit in us. It causes us to want to know him more and more and more and to read the Word of God more and to pray more and to get into the Word of God and into this love relationship like we had where His law is being written on our hearts. Amen? And our minds change. Now let's take a look in the last thing at Christ's part. So we said, God's, God's part, you go, I'll hold you. Man's part, believe in my Word and I'll come and reside in you. My word will come and reside in you. My spirit will come and reside in you. And here's Christ's part. And the best place to look at this is John 17. Just like we looked at David a couple of weeks ago with Jonathan, a man-to-man covenant. And we saw where David had some requirements. Jonathan, if you'll show kindness to me and my family, will you, David, I know you're going to be king. And I'm asking you to covenant with me. And I'm asking you, when, when, you, when you become king, because you're going to become king, uh, remember me. Show, show love and kindness to me. Don't kill me in my family. And also, hey, show love and kindness to any descendants after me. And we remember that last week. We remember how God showed kindness. David goes into the land. He becomes king. Saul and Jonathan die. And all of a sudden, he's, he's won some battles. And he's standing there thinking. And he, all of a sudden, he remembers, hey, have I shown, are there any descendants of, 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 of Saul around that I need to show kindness to? Because I made a covenant way back there with, with, uh, with, with, with Jonathan. And so all of a sudden they send somebody out. They find in, Lo, in Lodabar, out in the wilderness, there's a young man that's been lame like Adam's race. He's just been crippled in his feet. He can't get back to God. And so he says he sends for this man. He sends for uh, uh, um, this, this young man, Mephibosheth, and this young man Mephibosheth nothing that the young man has done the man can't muster he doesn't have any strength he doesn't have anything to offer to these people to get it find his way back to the king no it's like the Holy Spirit being sent they go and fetch him they bring him back to the king's table and it's all because of a promise made years ago through two fathers through a Jonathan and David there that they made a promise that you will show kindness to my seed forever and that's sort of what happened eons ago when the son decided to come to the earth and say, hey, not because of them, but for my name's sake, I'm going to show kindness. I'm going to show kindness to anyone who will come in and believe and enter into the covenant with me. I'm going to show kindness to them. And that's exactly what we see with Mishibosheth. He's at the king's table. He's eating all the rest of the days of his life. He's taken care of and he's, and he's there. Not, totally because of a covenant that had taken place long, long ago between these two parties. And so we've got two parties again taking place. And Christ's part of this now is, is, is to say this. I've got some things that I want on my end. If I go and do this, if I leave heaven, if I go to the earth, if I die on the cross, if I'm buried, if I'm raised from the dead, then there's some things I want as well. There's some things that I want as a shareholder of the covenant. And this is what I want in my part of the covenant. John 17 24 is often known as the high priestly prayer. And he says this in verse 24. Father, I will that they also, whom thou 
hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for you did love me before the foundation of the world. Here's what I want. I want everyone that comes to me to be with me. You mean you want the murderers? You want the rapists? You want the drug addicts? You want, you want the pimps? You want the prostitutes? You want the liars? You want the harlots? Son, they've all, they're all, they're all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yes, I want everyone who believes to be with me where I am. And if they receive me, then they are receiving you. And I'm coming inside. I'll remove the stony heart. I'll take it out. I'll, I'll, I'll put in a new heart. I'll put in a new mind. I'll put in a new spirit. I'll write the commandments on their heart. And yes, I want everyone who believes to be where I am, that where I am there, you may be also. And if they receive me, then they are receiving you. And the perfect one will live inside of me. Your righteousness is a filthy rags. But if you will receive Christ, behold, He will give you His beautiful, righteous garments. Amen. And He'll cover your shame and cover your nakedness and cover your sins. And Jesus paid the way 100% on our behalf so that there's no more steps to our salvation. And Jesus prays a prayer for us. The Father agrees. And then He comes down in that prayer to John 17, 17, if you back up. And He says, also, here's another part I want. Sanctify them by Thy truth, for Thy Word is truth. Set them aside and sanctify them for God. Set them apart from God. Uh, Father, I've never sinned. Bring them into relationship and fellowship and unity just like we have. I've never been separated from you and please bring them into a place of this kind of fellowship and kind of unity like the Edenic relationship back in the garden. Verse 21, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they may also be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. I'm in your presence, I'm in your power, I'm in your full provision all the time because there's nothing in me that separates me from, from God. And so now I want this for them. I want nothing to separate them again. In other words, I want them to have this identic relationship. Yes, things fall apart. Yes, we go through loss. Yes, we go through different things. But you will never be cut off from my spirit. You'll never be cut off from my provision. You'll never be cut off from my promise. You'll always have this relationship and this fellowship with me because my son has fulfilled it and bought, purchased it for you. Amen. And I want them to have this. I want them to have the same unity we enjoy every single day. If you have a relationship with God in this room, aren't you glad that when you wake up in the middle of the night, He's there? Aren't you glad when you have a loss, He's there? Aren't you glad when you go to the supermarket, He's there? Aren't you glad when you get put into the hospital, He's there? Aren't you glad we have this covenant? Aren't you glad we have these promises? And here's in closing, can you play, I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene. Yeah. Because when you understand that he's not expecting anything from Adam's race anymore, you start to rejoice. 
That's why sometimes when we come in here, I know we have hard weeks. I do too. Come in here and we start worshiping. It only takes me a few minutes to remember what a wretch Brad Lindsay was in 1990, but previous to 1994. What a scoundrel he was. It only takes me for a minute to remember that I, all the works I tried to do to get myself to God and to find Him pleased with me. And it only takes me a few minutes to look and to think about the cross and to think about the blood and to think about a God that would leave the throne of heaven, come down, robe Himself in this flesh of ours, come down and bleed and die, be spat upon and mocked and beard yanked out and to be just by His own creation and to come and give His life on the on on a cross for us and to take have that filth of stench of every pornography sickness that I looked at have that now cast on this holy God have it just smeared upon his face like excrement just to have my sin my lies every lie ever told every wicked thing I ever done as the son of God the spotless lamb you had to inspect the lamb before he gets on there he has no blemish and then to just take my sin and just fling it upon the Son of God and to make Him just sick with sin upon that cross. And He did it willingly. Willingly He stays up there and says, I'll die for Brad's sin. I'll die for Marcy's sin. I'll die for the sins of the world. I'll die for that person you don't like because they're your enemy. I'll die for every human being on the face of the earth. I'll pay the price for your ex-wife. I'll pay the price for the drug dealer out here. I'll pay the price for them and I'll die on the cross and I will not only fulfill covenant, I will be the covenant. So, that it's eternal. It's not being folded up and passed away. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have partial, yearly, everlasting life. What? Behold, I make all things new. I'm giving you the new heaven. I'm giving you the new covenant. I'm giving you eternal, a new eternal life in my blood. I'm giving you a new heaven. I'm giving you a new earth wherein the righteous dwell. The meek shall inherit the earth. I'm giving you a new commandment that we really need to exercise in this day and time. Love. 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 Quit talking about your church family. Quit talking about the person on the praise team with you. Quit talking about your Sunday school teacher. Quit talking about your neighbor. Quit talking about the people that you have in this room. They are your brothers. They are your sisters in Christ. They are the family of God. He said a new commandment, which is really not a new commandment, to love God and to love each other. And by this, the world will know you're mine. And a new name. A white stone with a new name on it. Simon. Simon. You're Peter. I can't wait to find out what my new name is. Oh, Brad has done some terrible things. Terrible things. I've done some terrible things since I've come to Christ. 
that I despise. I hate him immediately. I, I hate it and I, I run to him and I ask forgiveness and mercy. I hate when the old man comes off that cross and does something. I got a new name written in glory. It's eternal. Hallelujah. And here's the greatest promise. 2 Corinthians 5.17 And this is where I close. You're a new creation in Christ. Here's what you can have in the covenant. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are folded up and passed away. And behold, all things are become new. And if you don't have that today, friend, if you're still living with the old man, the old nature, you're still, uh, you're still trying to work out your sin and make yourself acceptable to God, you still want God to be pleased with you because of coming to church or reading your Bible enough or praying or, 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 or you're, you're trying to earn your own merit and own favor, I tell you, get in Christ. Get in Christ. Get in Christ. He'll clean you up. He'll change you. He'll put you on a new course. He'll put His Spirit in you and everything you couldn't do before. He'll do it by His power. By His power. Not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit. I'll baptize you with my Spirit. And so if you don't know Christ this morning, we're going to sing this song. And I thought about this song. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene who loved me and gave himself for me. And so let's think about this covenant and let it cause us to worship. But if you need prayer today for anything, anything, we will be glad to pray for you. I'm going to have Brother Barry. He's going to close out our service. He's a wonderful man that I've gotten to know recently. He's a minister of the gospel. And, and, and I'm going to have him pray and close us out today in a little bit. But if you need prayer, if you need prayer today, we would love to pray with you. And, 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 and if not, just, just be in awe. Be in awe of the new covenant and what God's going to do. God's got a great plan for the Jewish nation. He hasn't forgotten Israel. He will not forget Israel. But He's also for the spiritual Israel. He's also got a Jew and Gentile, one new man that He's doing something marvelous in. The whole earth He's going to bring salvation to. And it's glorious. It's a glorious plan. It ought to make you rock solid and on a firm foundation. I'm done.